to episode number six of the slap the ask show we have another extremely exciting guest on today we have jester trades his twitter handle is at jester j-e-s-t-e-r underscore trading so go ahead and give him a follow if you don't already jester is a specialist in charting technical analysis and fundamental analysis he already has well over 2,000 followers after just a few months of having his account on Twitter. He's a great asset for all of us. And also, shout out to Sixth Sense uh, for uh, making the connection and getting Jester to come on the show. So yeah. with that, Jester, thank you so much for coming on. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Sorry, I'm a little sick if I cough in between, but yeah, Um Thanks for having me and happy to connect and be here and give back to the community what I can. Awesome, Jester. Yeah, love to hear it. Um, I just first question before we dive into the, uh, the nitty gritty of the technicals. What really got you into uh, trading stocks? So <laughs> the funny thing is, I do get this question a lot. And it was, uh, I'm 25 right now. I luckily found it super early when I was 18. Same as me. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Yeah, 25. Uh, um, I found it super early. I started getting into it when I was 18. I'm not going to say the dude's name because he gets a lot of hate on Twitter. But if you guys want to do some research, his his main platform he posts on is Profitly. And he he posts a lot of Lambos and fake stuff. So if I don't know if you guys know who I'm talking about, but I don't want to put him on the spot. But all good. Um, so so he he got me into it with the flashy stuff you know that's that, i think that's what brings a lot of people into trading you see the cars and the homes but i mean a lot of times a lot of times that's not even the people's posting that they just do it for you know the end goal for them unfortunately is to try to get you to buy a course or a plan so they can make their money cuz some people actually can't make money trading unfortunately right. but um so he got me into it, but then um, when I was going to college, I was going to be a, uh, I was just going for a business major in entrepreneurship, actually, and um, I, you have to take a bunch of general classes, you know, like business, finance, accounting, all that, like marketing, and uh, I walked into my finance class, and literally the first, the first day, they had the charts up. And I just instantly fell in love. And after that class, I went to, uh, what's it called? My guidance counselor and dropped all the courses and switched my major to finance on the spot that day. Nice. But um, yeah, yeah, mainly mainly what got me into it, I guess the, the base point would be just the freedom of being able to work whenever and wherever you want on Wi-Fi being able to travel, being your own boss, um, you know, not having, not being stuck. I didn't want to, it's cliche, but I didn't want to go build someone else's dream at a business instead of do my own and follow my path and goals. I know that's not for everyone, but sometimes yeah. you got to take risks. 
Yeah, Jimmy and I were talking about that uh, a lot on episode one of the podcast is that money isn't necessarily like the end goal. Exactly. For me and for Jimmy, like the the end goal is freedom. Ultimately, you want to do what you want, when you want and not have to respond to someone else. Yeah. And I think trading is a really good avenue uh, for that to happen. But like you also said, it's kind of interesting because a lot of these people who are, you know, the gurus, like they say, like the fake gurus on mm-hmm. a Twitter and other social media, <laughs> like they're only posting this stuff because they're trying to sell you a course or they're trying to sell you something and they're not really making money on trading. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the purpose of this show and like interviewing you and other, you know, really transparent and great guys is that you're not doing it for the clout. You're doing everything for free. The exactly. entire purpose of this is just to educate and help other people's kind of realize the goals that we all have. And I think that's really cool. Still, yeah, I'm, uh, not, I'm not here, you know, I'm not here for the cloud or whatever. I'm just trying to teach what others are showing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I'm not, I, like I say on Twitter, I'm not bragging, but I, I probably know a good bit more than a lot of people actually selling courses. I just, I'll never charge someone for a course because growing up, you know, I had to pay for every course, every, every mentor, all that. And then I, it, when I would try to get, reach out to someone for free, they would just never give me the time of day. So that's why I try to respond to everyone and help when I can. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome to hear people like that, people like you, you know, that's what makes, I think, FinTwit's community. And I think more and more people are starting to become more uh, willing to share their knowledge without charging people and things like that. Um, let's, let's hope we start a uh, charge. Yeah, <laughs> flip the script. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's the goal, right? Just spreading knowledge. You know, I mean, not to get too off tangent, but like someone like Khan Academy, Sal Khan, when he founded that, best education you could probably get. And it was For just free. YouTube, you know, like yeah, that's the type of stuff that's really going to change the world and benefit people's lives. Exactly. Um, yeah. So get into like the nitty gritty and just kind of talk about your trading strategy. Um, you know, we're talking offline a little bit. You are not someone who utilizes DD for company. You purely <laughs> trade off the chart. Yeah. What, um, what made you uh, develop this sort of strategy? What was the catalyst for you to really just be a chart guy and not really look at uh, the fundamentals? Um, well, well the, first, the easiest answer to that is I suck at DD. So that was a key factor because I cannot... I, I also have a short attention span, so I can't sit there reading all that stuff for hours and finding, you know, those key points or like stuff that's hidden. And um, so I just I, I tried for a month and I gave up. So I just follow people that do good DD on Twitter now and I just read the, you know, the bullet points from there. But um, I just got obsessed with with learning what the market is telling. It's always telling you a story through the candles. And I just got obsessed with trying to learn what each individual candlestick meant, what it was telling you, where it was going to head next. And it just, it gets so addicting after time once you learn and start to see it happen over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, you know, I, th- I think that's a good point because I think anytime you want to be good at something in life, you, ca- you kind of have to be obsessed with it. Yeah. You know, you, you, can't, you can't half-ass things and expect to be good at them. Like, if you realize that you have a passion, you're really good at something, you should go after that. And clearly, like, charting is what you're good at, and you've capitalized on that and, you know, been able to have a successful trading career because of it. Yeah, so, that's – um. oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, no, go ahead. 
I was just going to say that's, that's why, um, uh, wow, I totally forgot what I was going to say. My bad. (laughs) Um, what were we talking about? No, so we were just saying like how you started doing charting because you realized that that is what you're good at. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, everyone this is what i talk about on twitter i try to preach it a lot everyone is good at something in their own way they just have to find out what it is if they actually have this on my notes to talk about but we can hit it real quick right now a lot of people think let let me tell you one thing to everyone listening there's no holy grail to trading as much as as much as you read it from all these gurus or whatever there's no there's no one one system of some EMA crossing something that's going to work 100% of the time. That's just not it. I'll, I'll lay it out there right now. And um, because of that, people, people learn a strategy, which is good. It's good to have multiple strategies, but the problem is they spread themselves out too thin. So they'll, they'll learn a strategy and, and they'll, you know, be profitable like three, three trades in a row. And they'll be like, okay, I found, I found what works for me. Then their first red day or first red trade, they it hits them so emotionally and mentally that it it drags them down and they think, oh, this isn't going to work. But nothing in trading is 100 percent. So they they take it as this doesn't work anymore. I'm going to go to a new strategy and they repeat the same cycle over and over where if they would have just stuck with the same strategy over time, they would have tweaked it until it perfected. Obviously not 100 percent, but I know people I trade with have 70, 80, 90% win rates. So it's better. My point is it's better to get, all you need is one strategy, find one thing you're good at and try to perfect it. That's it. Don't, don't quit when you get a red day. If you have five red days in a row, who cares? You find what works, what didn't you find the similarities and tweak it from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So one thing I feel like people, when they get into trading, they usually have jobs first. Most people are employed and they do trading as a bit of like a side gig. So they're not really focusing on the chart 24 seven, or I guess, you know, nine 30 to four o'clock during the day. Um, So we had a great question on Twitter from at worst stocks. (laughs) (laughs) And his like whole point for the question was just for full-time workers out there, like what indicators uh, and lines are you looking at for the short, mid long-term swings? Okay. Uh, for someone who can't really, you know, be in front of their screen all day and looking at the chart, what are the most important indicators? So, well, yeah, uh, and a lot of first off, shout out to Worst Stocks because he he was one of my first followers before people started paying attention and actually listening to me. He was one of the loyal ones from the start. So, shout out to him first off. But follow, <laughs> um, um, and I know he's big on a certain hydrogen water stock that we won't talk about today, but Jimmy and um, I were in that at the beginning. So we're not in it now, but yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, uh, I got in pretty early too, but I haven't, I didn't sell at the top. I'm just holding, but um, like I said, we're not going to talk about that today. That's, that's too many people's topics and worries, but that could be a whole podcast. Episode yeah. right there. <laughs> there's too much, there's too much publicity on that, but mm-hmm. so along with his question, I'll tie in a lot of people DM me in, and ask me questions about indicators. And the truth is, unfortunately, I, I use zero. I, as you can, you can see my screen right now, right? Yep. Uh, I, I have nothing but volume, price action of the candlesticks, and this is VWAP for, 
for those that don't know, I don't know the experience level of everyone that's going to be watching this. So we'll just start from the basics. But what this is, is this, it stands for volume weighted average price. So this is what, this is what price is being accepted at. Like if this were a line. So, so um, just to, just to make it easy for everyone, when you're day trading, like on a one minute, we just keep it simple. Like underneath this purple, purple line would be considered bearish in a downtrend and above above the purple would be bullish, you know, and you want to go long above that. But, um, and also there's, um, when you add this, I'll actually, I'll actually show you real quick if you want to add this, cause this should be on everyone's charts. To be honest, this is one of my favorite in, I just dropped my bag in my tea. Um, this is one of my favorite ones. So if you just go to um, edit studies, Oh, this is Thinkorswim, by the way. I guess I should start on that. Yeah, this, I think that was one of the questions too on Twitter. Was what software do you use? And yeah. and I'll you, and I'll get to the uh, swing trading. I didn't forget the question. I just got kind of sidetracked. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this is I chart with Thinkorswim. This is a free platform by uh, TD Ameritrade. So if for those that don't want to spend. Um, you know, for a monthly trading platform or whatever monthly fee or subscription, it is free. You just have to sign up. And they also have, what's nice, they have a um, demo account you could switch to. You can see th these are green, but if it was demo, I think it would be yellow or red it, where you can actually practice and rewind the stocks. There's, there's a feature on here a lot of people don't know called replay mode. And you can type in your stock and you can watch what it did on a specific date. You just type in the date and you can watch, you know, candlestick by candlestick. And I actually place trades to get you in the feel of it, of what you need to do when you actually participate in the real market open. But interesting. so this is thinkorswim. Um, like I said, it's free. I don't, I don't trade off this. I actually have, um, I use Cobra trading, which is, it's a little higher up. Unfortunately, it's a uh, 25 or 30,000 minimum to open the account. So a lot of people unfortunately can't get that, but that's what I trade with because people were asking. So I use Cobra trading, but I chart with Thinkorswim and it's free for everyone. So you can get this and um, some tips and tricks. What's cool about Thinkorswim, like if you, you can um, actually have, this is just, I, this isn't even my watch list, but this is just random. But if you, you can actually link, you can actually link charts. So like, if you want to link this graph right here and put one, you can link it to your watch list. So if you want to get in trades quick, like instead of typing there every time, you can straight up just click that and instantly it'll switch right to it. And my, my computer's lagging, of course, but you get the point. <laughs> right. And this is live too, right? Like this will update as, you know, price is moving and so on. Yeah. Yes. And, and you can reach out. Um, I believe when I first made an account, it's delayed like a lot of uh, brokers delay for some reason by 15 minutes and it'll come up right here. It'll say 15 minutes. But if you have that problem, you can actually just send them an email or hop on customer support and ask for real-time data and they'll switch it to you for free. So you can have a whole charting platform and real-time data for free to watch it live. Oh, wow. That's good to know. But um, yeah, so back to, 
Oh, one last thing. How do I, can I move us? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Can you guys see my right side of my screen? Yeah, we can see everything. Okay. Sorry. Like I said, I'm new to this, so I don't know what you can see. But um, so this is what's a nice feature about Thinkorswim a lot of people don't use. Obviously, you see the one chart. But if you want to hit this box for anyone new, you can have as many charts up as you want. So if you want four screens and hit that, you can get four screens and they don't even have to link. Like you could have like a couple hours trading on Friday or yesterday. Like you can have a bunch of different ones up at the same time. So you can be watching different ones as they move. Or you could also like the watch list. If I linked them, they would all come from this one. So if you wanted to have different time frames, like it just sets the daily, like if we wanted a five minute. So, so if this, if you wanted to watch the same stock in different time frames, you can do that this way by linking them. Um, also, you can also set it up. Like if you want them vertical, you could do this way and hit this three top. So you can see like a more, up and down approach and you can do the opposite too if you wanted it this way the more horizontal approach which i don't like i i personally do three verticals so you can see you see how you can have the swing high and swing low in there the horizontal one you can't really do that gotcha that makes sense <laughs> sorry but um Good. so back to let me get rid of all this those are some tips and tricks um uh, and before I do get to that swing trading question, sorry, while I'm here, this is, so this is the level two. You just, if you have this chart, I have a different level two for my broker, but this is for Thinkorswim right here, the L2. Mm -hmm. And um, so a lot of people actually, unfortunately, there's a lot of information about level two going around on fintwit fintwit can be a great community don't get me wrong but there are sometimes misinformation being spread so just to were you gonna say something about no i was just agreeing with you okay so um unfortunately it's not live right now obviously because the market's closed mm -hmm. so i wish i could show you in real time but for those wondering so on the left side it's split in half as you can see i wish there were more bids and but so the bid, the bid is what people are willing to pay for a stock. So it, it sucks because it's not live. Like I said, the, the price is wrong. But so say, say if we're at right here and just to make it easy, 260. So if you wanted to bid, say, say if you wanted to think it's going down to 250 and it's at 260, you would bid 250 on this left side. So that's what you're willing to pay for the price. So if it's if it goes to 251, you're not going to get filled. If it goes to two, if it goes up to three, obviously you're not going to get filled. The 250 is what you're willing to pay. So this is the bid. This is what they're willing to buy the stock for. The ask on the opposite side is what they're willing to sell it for. So if it's if you're right here at just to make it easy, 275 and you want to sell it for 280, it's the same but opposite. If, it, if you have an order at 280 and it never touches, obviously it's not going to execute. And if it goes down, your order is still going to be there. If it reaches the 281, then you'll get filled because you wanted to, were willing to sell it for 280, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a good point because like our show title is uh, <laughs> Slap the Ass yeah. Show. So like 
whenever you slap the ask, you're basically, you're knocking down barriers and it can drive price up. But then when you have bid levels of support, it can prevent the stock from going down because you have a support level that people are willing to pay. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I think the L2s, you know, the L2, I, mostly I look at L2s. I don't, I don't really do charting much is part of the reason why we have you on and so many people wanted to have you on. Yeah. But yeah, I think the correlation between the L2 and the charting is really important to understand. And uh, it's funny you said that about slap the ass because I was just about, oh, it's not going to have it up here. But this, this is the time in sales. So when he says slap the ass, for those that don't know, I, like I said, again, it sucks that you won't be able to see it right now, but you can watch it Monday, replay this video or something, and then watch it at market open Monday. If this TNS means times and sales, it's also known as the tape. If anyone's heard it like that, but, um, (coughs) but, um, so, so the key, the base point to make it easy on this this is every transaction that went through on the level two. It's constantly moving. When you do millions of shares a minute, like this thing will be moving so fast, you'll barely be able to read it. And so the main thing is like, like I said, in, in regards to slap the ask. So that would mean people are buying. When you want to get filled instantly on a position, you're buying on the price that people are willing to sell. So if you were if you were sitting on the bid with a price, the only way you get filled is if price comes down to that. If you're hitting the ask what people were willing to sell it for, like right now, 288. If I put in an order for just say 100 shares at 288, you'll get filled immediately and that'll go down because you're willing to pay what someone's willing to sell. And it, so you hit an equilibrium. That's why you get filled instantly. A market order when you market order in to get filled instantly all it's doing is setting a limit buy on the ask it's the same exact thing so when you see that on the time and sales when people are slapping the ask it'll be all green because when you buy on the ask that's known as an aggressive move so all of the prints will be coming in green for those that are impatient and selling on the bid for people what they're willing to pay when they're selling on the bid, it'll be red. It's the opposite. So instead of slapping the ass green, it's just the opposite going the way. So when they slam, it's known as slamming the bid. So that would be red and that would make price go lower because they're taking out all the support and bids. I just wanted to touch on that real quick because a lot of people don't really know what that is. So hopefully that cleared that up a little. Yeah, no, totally. I think that was you know very worthwhile to share. Oh, and one last thing about the level two before I shut it down. There, one of my pet peeves <laughs> is, um, so there will be, when there's multiple, multiple orders out here on the ask, you see how it goes from 288 to 306. Mm-hmm. It sometimes during market or market open, sorry, there'll be, so say there'll be an order at 306, 3010, then say there'll be one at $7, okay? So it'll jump from three to $7. A lot of people... <laughs> on Twitter try to say that if it breaks that $3 level, it'll instantly go to $7. When, when that is so far from the truth, that's like, I'm very calm person, but that's one thing that just grinds my gears because like that, all that means is someone has an order at seven that they already have set that they probably want to set and forget. That's probably maybe someone that's working or whatever. That doesn't mean that if you break this $3 level, it's going to go straight to seven. All that means is that's the only order out there. As soon as this were to break, you'll see 
orders coming in on the sell side, like a penny, two penny, five pennies higher than that. So I just wanted to clarify that because that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah, that's totally something you see, like break down the wall. We're going, yeah. whatever. Well, like, well, it is true. If there is a big wall and you, you're buying, you know, aggressively on the ask, it will move the price up. I just wanted to clarify that it won't go necessarily to the next number down on the ask side. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So now to worse stocks, <laughs> swing trading. So, so for those that don't have jobs, or sorry, that do have jobs from a nine to five that can't really be there, I mainly would focus on for swing trading. I focus on the daily time frame. So, so just to clarify for those that, like I said, I don't know how educated people are, but we'll start from the beginning. So just this one candle, this is known as a candlestick. Obviously, when it's green, that means price is going up. And when it's red, price is going down. I mean, that's pretty simple. But, and each candle represents whatever time frame you're on. So, so as of right now, I'm on the one, or uh, I'm on the daily time frame. So this candle, each individual candle is what happened every day. So this was one day, this was one day, this was one day. Okay. If I were to move it to 15 minutes, just to point out something, this candle, each candle is 15 minutes now. So whatever time frame you're on, that's what the candlestick represents. A lot of people don't understand that. So I wanted to touch on that first. So now like one minute, each candlestick is now one minute. So I think we get the point on that. Mm -hmm. So, so as for swing trading and people with nine to fives, I would focus on swing trading for those that don't know also is um, trades that necessarily aren't done in a day so swing trading would be anywhere from you know you hold a position from two or three days up to a week or two weeks or even a month if you want it's what it's whatever you're looking to get out of it while day trading obviously you know you're in and out of positions in five ten an hour so it's a big difference swing swing trading is known to be less risky because you're, you have a longer time frame for you to be in the money, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because if it goes against you right away, if you're looking to hold it for two weeks, that's not going to freak you out and make you sell because you're looking at the long term. In day trading, if you're wrong right away, you need to cut it. But so swing trading, I look at day, the daily time frame, the four hour time frame. Okay, the four hour time frame. And I would focus for entry. I it's just all preference, but where to actually enter, I like the one hour time frame. So if we'll just we'll just do an example here on Apple because it's it's pretty liquid. Mm -hmm. So for instance, this also ties in, this question ties into support and resistance, which a lot of people ask about. So if we start from the daily time frame, let me turn off pre-market because I hate that. You trade pre-market or not ever? I, I personally do, but I would not recommend it to those that do not know. Until they get a good feel and are comfortable with their strategies, I would not because the problem with pre-market and after hours is there's a lot less liquidity. So if one big buyer or seller comes in, they can wreck the whole price. Gotcha. Uh, no. So as for swing trading, so 
what I like to look for in support and resistance, the basics, I like for a candle to touch an area at least three times. That's just my personal opinion. Like if you, like people would just draw, you see how it comes down here and holds this level and goes higher. So a lot of people would just, you know, draw a support line like right there. So if it ever came back to that, they would look to buy there. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I personally, and like I said, it's different for everyone, but I personally like to see an area touch like three different times. So right off the bat, you can see this 135 area. And this is on the daily time frame. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So this is 10 days in a row. Sorry, my computer's laggy. This is 10 days in a row that this price cannot, other than this one fake out candle, but this is 10 days in a row that this price cannot go higher than 135. So this would be known as a resistance level where price cannot, can no longer push through. And it's also known as what's called a ceiling, you know, or a roof. So, so I would draw that there. Okay. Does that make sense? And if you guys have questions as we go, just feel free to ask. Cause I, like I said, I'm new to teaching. So I'm just trying to do my best, but so once again, like on the opposite side, so if that's where price couldn't go higher on the opposite side, you see all these candles that couldn't go lower at this area. So this would be known as a support line. This is where a base, a floor, this is where price can't go lower. So this is from, this is, if we're just looking at this right here, this is known as a swing low area. So this was the low in, what is this, February? This is a two-month time frame. So this is known as the swing low. A swing low is the lowest point and a swing high is the highest. Sorry. <laughs> so you can see, actually, this resistance goes all the way back to here. You see how it was having trouble here too? Uh -huh. yeah. So, so what we would do is, for instance, if you're, if you're in a job and can't, can't watch the markets, um, what we would do is you would notice, and I'll get to volume, but you would notice that every time, like right here, price comes to this level, jumps right back up. And, and this, this candle, let me, let me explain for those that don't know. So, so on a green candle, this bottom right here is that's what the candle opens at. So this is on the daily time frame. So on in one day, this is what the candle opens at this area, whatever this my face is blocking it. One 123.78. So that's what it opened at. Price came all the way down to 118. But then this area, this line is where it closed at. And then this is also what it hits. So these wicks are what it hits throughout the day. But the main thing to know is the bottom part of the green is where it opens and the top part is where it closed. And the opposite is for the red. So the red, the top part is where it would open. And then the bottom is where it closed, if that makes sense. Got you. So. Yeah, that was very helpful. So what um, we're looking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, one question I was going to have. So like when you look for entry points, basically, if you're swing trading, yeah. You, would, you would want to buy theoretically somewhere around that support level yes. and then let, and then you'd set, uh, you know, a limit sell at a price, ideally around somewhere around the re resistance level. Cause then you can kind of feel confident that it's going to bounce around in that area and eventually your orders are going to execute in theory. Yes. Do you agree with that? Or? Yes. 100%. And as you can see, this actually, a lot of things, um, 
one thing I will touch on your question. So, or statement, when you, when you want to limit sales. So if you see this trouble here, if you're buying, Oh, come on. If you're buying down here and looking, seeing it had trouble in this 135 to 137 area and you have your limit sell there, a lot of mistakes people actually make is now I get, I get if you don't have a job and or, sorry, I don't know why I keep saying that. If you have a job and you can't watch um, this as much as you can, if you, you don't just want to, the problem people don't understand and a lot of people don't teach it is scaling in and out of positions. So, so if you see this area of resistance and you know, you have your line drawn here and you have your limit sell, because you know, this is going to be an area of interest where people are interested in selling. So what you want to do is you can actually sell 50 to 75% of your position at this area. So then you're letting, you have another 25% of known as letting it ride or uh, it's known as free shares or whatever. And so what, what a lot of people do is when they see this resistance, they'll sell all their position and be happy with their profit where what they could have done is if they sell 50 to 75% to lock in gains and you're letting the other 25% ride to either break even back to where you entered, or if you have a stop loss, you know, below this support line. So you could either have 25% a limit sell of the rest of your position right below this low, or you could have it all the way to break even. So that way, if price just blows through this resistance line, you're making even more money from not selling your entire position and leaving a quarter on letting it ride. Gotcha. Right. So yeah, you're basically taking out your profits and then whatever else you make on top of that is great. Yes. So, so you're, you're, you're limiting your risk, but you're also expanding your potential of gain. Right. So you're realizing gains, but you're also giving wiggle room to possibly go further. Got you. So I feel like now if you were to like, just think about it from like a, a fundamental analysis, like the DD aspect, I guess the whole point is people, they see this resistance line where the stock really can't break through. I guess the hope is there's a strong catalyst, whether it's like strong earnings report, like yeah. PR news or whatever. And that's what hypothetically will take it above the resistance, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So, so if, I, you have, if you have more confidence in a play because you know that there's an upcoming catalyst, you might not scale out of your position as much when it's, you know, it's pushing that resistance line because you're confident that something else is going to push it over. So maybe yes. you won't sell, you know, 75% of your position. Maybe you'll sell 25% because you're confident that it's going to break that resistance barrier. And yeah, exactly. And, and one thing to add on to that, what you would want to, do, even if, if you think, if you honestly believe that trust the DD and no news is coming that will spike it past that barrier, if you want, you can, the, what I see a lot of traders do is they let a winning trade turn into a loser. So if, if they're buying at this support level right here, can you see that circle? Yep. If you're buying at this support, trusting that it, it can't break this level, if you're buying here on a swing trade and, and waiting for it to go back to this resistance level, and they see up here, and like I said, a lot of people freak out at their profits and, and they sell 100%. If you only want to sell 25 and let the rest ride for news or whatever you said to break that barrier, that's good. But the key is 
whatever position you have left, like if you take 25% and realize gain right here, you have 75%, you want to set your stop loss on that 75% to break even. You never want to let a winning trade go red on you. So a lot of people will let it ride and then they'll hold a bag. If you, if you take some realized gains here, set your stop loss at exactly where you bought in, you, you, you're giving yourself the exposure to go higher, but at the same time, limiting your risk to break even. So you, you realized a little bit, yeah, you might not have made as much as you wanted, but you'll never lose money with setting your rest of your position at break even. So I guess to that point, kind of, so whenever you're, you're riding that wave, you don't want to turn a, a winning trade into a losing trade. What, what I think some people ask this on Twitter, when, when are you cutting your losses whenever it's going down? If, if by chance you buy it at that, uh, at that barrier and then it goes below it. Do you have okay. like a rule of thumb that you go off of, or is that just kind of instinct? I, um, well, because because I've seen, I've, I've had so much screen time. Mine is my stop loss is my instinct, but for, for 99% of traders, if you're buying in this area, what I would recommend, you always want to keep your, your losses small and cut them quick. So you can see this support area at the 120 that I was showing this, it dropped all the way down to, you know, the lowest of this is one, one sixteen. So what you could do is if you're buying in this area, you could have your stop loss. You're, you're asking if you're not in the money already, right? If you're, if you want to take a loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so if you're, if you're taking a loss, you want to cut it quickly. So if you're buying in this area, you want to, you want to put your stop, loss, not at the, not at the level of it, just below it. So you want to give it a little wiggle room. Is, is what I like to say. So 116.20. So maybe I'll put it, you know, a psychological whole number at 116. Maybe I'll put it just under at like 115.90 or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause you want to give it the opportunity to bounce. You don't yes. want to just, yeah. 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 yeah so you don't want to, you know, a lot of times stocks hit, hit the exact area at the bottom. It's known as a double bottom and they'll, then they'll reverse higher. So if you have your stop loss right at the bottom of the candle, chances are it might hit. If you give it a little wiggle room, like 30 cents below or something, depending on the, the stock's range, it could break that low and still go higher and hit your price target. Mm -hmm. Nice. As for um, back to swing trading, you could, you could, like if we actually were doing this trade, you can see, so the, Trading 101 is support your support lines or your resistance lines once they break, once it goes higher, when they come back, they're supposed to hold as support. So as you can see right here, this is like this is this is what everyone needs to learn because this is this is so easy in trading 101 basics, but not enough people actually take the time to learn this. So like right here, you see how it had. It had this big red candle, and then here it touched four times and couldn't go higher than this this area right here. So I would I would keep in mind that this is a resistance level. So I'd put that line there. It comes down, and see this is a perfect example actually of what I was just talking about. If you where'd it go? See how see this low of this candle right here? See how it went just below it? Mm -hmm. 
and then and then it broke that resistance. If you would have had your stop loss right at the same level as that low candle, you would have that would have been a losing trade. If you would have gave it, you know, 30, 50 cents of wiggle room, it would have broke that low and then you would have made money on the way up. So that's why you don't want to set your stop loss right exactly at the bottom. But anyways, so as you can see, this this resistance level once it broke through, see, see how this low volume, this is nothing. I would never trade this. These are, these are irrelevant. But as you see, it comes through this resistance level. See this spike in volume? It's like double, triple the previous days. Mm -hmm. That's what allows that to break this resistance level. So what you want to see on a bullish trend, if you're long, you want to see it break and then hit a high. And then on the way back down, you want to see that area hold as support. You see how these candles bounce right off what used to be resistance? Mm -hmm. Right. So you want to see for, for if you're along, you want to see it break a resistance level, come back down, touch that, turn into support, and make a new high. And that's, that's, what, that's what people call a bull flag, right? That they're always tweeting about? A Is bull flag would be... Um, no, a bull flag is actually when you have a straight up candle and then it's consolidating, like, let me see if I can find it. Oh, so it's going more horizontal than it's yeah. going. Yeah. So it'd be a it's massive. Gaining support. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It'd be a massive move up and then it consolidates for the next leg. Right. Okay. What, what you saw, this would be, you know, these would be like triangles, like ascending or descending triangles. So like if you, if I wanted to like right here. Just to give an example for those that don't know what an ascending triangle is. Like if you take this resistance level here, see how it had trouble there and there? So I would consider that one. And then you would take the trend line and see how not only – this was the swing low. See how this low was even higher? So you're having higher lows. That's what you want to look for. So if you see this, see how it has a – it has a low, then a higher low, then an even higher low, and it made a higher high. That's showing you the trend is intact for the long side. That's what you want to see, higher highs and, and higher lows as you're going up. So because as this trend line's going up, your chances are like, you know, more than 50%, probably 75% of the time. If you have this ascending triangle, it's, it gets tighter. It's going to break. It's going to break to the upside. And the same to the opposite. If you have a downtrend in the support line, the more an area gets tested three to four times, chances are it's going to break. So you can see one, two, three, four, five. Eventually, all the sellers just disappear after five times of touching it. There's no more selling. And as we're making higher lows, people are anticipating that breakout to swing. So if you look on that graph, if you go back to where you were for a second, so if, right if yeah, see where that is. So that's called an ascending triangle, right? And yeah, then correct. right at like 130, 128, that's a bull flag, right? Because it gains support there at around 130. And then it shoots up to like 144. So if you go farther to the right. Over here? Yeah, right there. Is that, that's what would be a bull flag right there? It's, it's hard because um, it could be like, what you want to see is, what makes a flag, like if you think of a flagpole, you know how the base is super long. So you would want to see something like. So you would want to see the support. Like this. Longer than that. See, see like how this goes straight up. Mm -hmm. 
if if you were to have that and then see these three red candles trending down like that, if these three were on this, then yeah, that if that's what you mean, yeah, that would be a flag because it, it has a massive move to the upside, then it's consolidating. And then once it, you would draw it like this. A lot of people actually trade these breakouts. Like if, like if, for instance, we're just using these three candles. So if you had this on the end of this, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you, would, you would be anticipating as soon as it breaks this line on a green candle with extended volume, that's when people buy that breakout of a bull flag because they're anticipating it to break the previous high. Right. Got it. As for um, – um, oh, last thing to touch on for the nine-to-five people. If you're looking at this chart, now that you guys know support and resistance to all the viewers out there, you see how resistance, support, comes down, support. Okay, so you can, you can anticipate, if you're looking at this chart, resistant level, support, then it hits a new high. So you can have your order setting, sitting at this level because it's above the line. You're looking for it to be support. So you can start scaling into these 125, 122, 120, 120 lines, anticipating that this is going to hold as support. And you can have, like we talked about, like you said, the limit sells up at the previous resistance. So if you're looking for a, you know, a two-week swing or whatever on a daily chart, you can look at this and, and assume it's going to bounce here as support. And you can have your, you know, while you're at work, have 25, 50% of your position at sell here. And then the rest at break even wherever you entered with your stop loss just below the low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, I think, so I think that's pretty good advice for uh, swing traders with a nine to five is I think you have to keep in mind that a lot of these, you know, resistance levels and support levels, this is for swing trading. This isn't for investors. So this is, you know, you want to be scaling in and out of these plays gradually and then, uh, you know, optimizing your upside. But uh, yeah. And last thing real quick, the key, the key to scaling in is a line is never going to be exact. I want, I want people to newer traders to know that like, it's not going to hit your line like exactly to the penny as you can see 119 to one this went down three dollars from this support line so that's why you want to start scaling in instead of buying your full position at this line you can you know you can use bullets buy a third here buy a third at this line and buy a third here when it breaks so you can anticipate so that way you're not blowing all your money on one position and you're instantly being in the red you can slowly average down in anticipating the next move so jester like say you know i have a full-time job i'm trying to swing this apple stock um if we were to look at the chart like right now towards the end like say it's like we're preparing for monday um would you suggest putting in a bid like you said like a third near the uh the support line of 120 and just kind of like waiting for it to fill you know just kind of yeah so you could fill on monday per se you could do that. Um, one thing I want to say, like how I mentioned before, as you, as a support line, the more it gets tested, the weaker it's going to get. So you could have your order here because who knows, it could bounce at this 120 and hit a new high. You don't know. But like, see how it touched once to, in all this time here that held it? 
the key is this time, see how it didn't make a higher high? It actually made a higher low right mm -hmm. here in the long-term trend. So because it didn't make a higher high, that's actually bearish. So as it comes back down, if it can't break this level, chances are as we're going down, this support might hold, but because it, because it made a lower high, it could break this time. That's why you want right. to use support and resistance on your first and second touches when you're buying, if that makes sense. So like if this is your first resistance level, it's, it'll hold because it's only the first time it's hit this level. Right. You understand? Yeah. So basically in short, for like people who are learning this is the more times that it hits resistance, the more likely it's going to go below that level. Yeah. Well, support. Yeah. So support, 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 it'll sorry. go below resistance. It'll break. Like if it touches this resistance four times and starts grinding up with the higher lows, like if this, if this stops here and goes to test that line again, you see how this level is higher than the previous low. So this could go either way. Cause it's, I, this is a no trade for me for, for newer traders. You want to take positions at either the lows or the highs. You don't want to trade this junk in the middle. You want to wait for a high probability trade. That's how you get consistent at trading. A lot of people get, get you know, itchy to trade and they'll enter, you know, they'll short it or buy it here when if they just would have waited for either 120 or 137, the, the probability probably would have doubled mm -hmm. for you to have a winning trade. Right. So I noticed that you said like, you know, buy or short. Would do you engage in shorting um when it comes to day trading and like the way you like your strategy? So I know I'm gonna catch a lot of hate on this because a lot of so let me clarify. I am well, I, I saw you, Jester, sorry to interrupt you, but I saw you shorted a AMC. Yeah, and I will so show you why. I think that's what you're talking about. We we could I'll show you why too. Um but I am, I am mainly short bias. Not 90% of my trades are shorting. But the difference is I'm shorting these well-known companies and small caps like this, like these, you know, three, two, $5 stocks that are already established. So they'll go up on fluff news and I'll be shorting on the way down, but it won't hurt the company. It's already established. I don't short OTCs. Because those are companies that are actually trying to make it and uplist to, you know, higher OTC levels or the NASDAQ eventually. So I don't, I don't believe in shorting OTCs because it does hurt the company, but already established, you know, $5, I'll slam that bid all day. <laughs> nice. And I did, I don't know if you saw, but I did catch a lot of heat for shorting AMC. Yeah, I saw Twitter. that. Yeah. Like that was probably the most replies that I've ever got on a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so so when I oh yeah the opposite of swing trading so I I said you know swing trading you want day four hour maybe enter or exit on a one hour time frame when you're day trading you're looking for quick moves so you want you want that one minute time frame that five and that fifteen so when um I wrote it down actually what day was that June what is that June third. So just while you're getting this loaded, whenever you're day trading, do you typically, like, will you trade one stock at a time or do you have multiple screens up and you're trading, you know, a, a few at a time? Or does it just um, kind of depend? Because I know a lot of people, it's like, they think you have to be trading like 20 stocks a day. Yeah. And then I listen to a lot of these successful people and they say, they'll make like 
two to five trades a day and they yep. make way more money than these guys trading 20 stocks. 100%. So, so not only does trading 20 stocks get you burnout mentally, but it'll also take away your focus from more important stocks. So I trade, I try to stay like two to three stocks a day. I mean, I'll make multiple trades on them, but I'll, I'll focus. I only have three, three different tickers up at one point because any more than that, if you're newer, you should, if you're, if you're new learning how to trade, you should, you should be looking at one. If, if you have three or four, you're just going to get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So I have like, like, I don't know if you, if I can turn this around, but so I have, this is where I actually trade. I'm on my Mac right now, but so I have four. It's a nice setup. Thank you. And I, I built my own, you know, tower and everything. So I don't trade off this junk Mac, but um so yeah i on those screens i only have three four up max during the day anything after that it's just not worth it you can make more like i said like how at the beginning i said you know focus on one setup and get good at it it's the same thing with stocks if you focus on two to three and look for your setup you can slam that with a bigger size than you splitting up you know if you have a quarter of your size split up 20 different trades you're not going to make as much because you can go full size on the one you're confident in yeah, it's kind of like what they say, like prepper, like preparation yields better results. Yeah. Like if you're spending 90% of your time watching these charts, learning and reacting, it's going to increase your odds whenever you're actually executing on those trades to actually make money rather than just willy-nilly entering, you know, 10, yeah, 15 exactly. trades a day and driving yourself crazy in the meantime. Yeah, people, people think that – that's another thing. People think that looking at a lot of charts – um, making a lot of trades, you know, you think they use hot key. They think if they're not profitable and they use hot keys, that that'll make them profitable or hot buttons. You know, if you know what those are for those that don't know hot keys, you can enter and exit a trade with one button you push on your computer that you set up. So like little stuff like that is just more mentally exhausting than you actually, than actually getting you profitable. Mm -hmm. So to AMC and we'll, we'll probably have to speed this up because I know we're getting short on time. But um, the last thing I'll say, so this is why volume is so important to me. As you can see, this is why I shorted AMC. Pre-market, like I always say, you want to trade when the other side is trapped. So I preach this on Twitter. <laughs> if If you're shorting, you want to look for an area where if this happens, where are people long that are buying the stock going to have to sell their position or where are the stop losses going to be hit? And the opposite too, if you're buying a stock, where are people going to have to cover their shorts if it breaks that line? So you always want to trade where people are trapped. So right off the bat in pre-market, you could see, <laughs> first off, rest in peace to whoever whoever bought at 77.3. <laughs> But, <laughs> but so just to show you the, the tale of the day, you can see instantly in, what is that, 30, 45 minutes, you can see people are down $20 a share, okay? That's so true. when you, when you're, a lot of people just see that and they think, okay, this is a big dip, I'm going to buy because it it's going to keep going up. You, you see that all over Twitter, buy the dip, you know? Mm. But. When you're, when you're down $20 a share in 30 minutes, 
what what that's going to tell you is every time it has a spike someone is going to be selling into those pops because they're trying to regain any money that they just lost right they're trying so, to cut their losses yeah exactly so so if they're like buying in the 74 and it's down here and they see a bounce they're like all right if it can just get back to 60 and i can make back 10 percent what i lost i'll sell here so when you have these big drops all these pops are going to get sold into if that makes sense mm-hmm. so and and this what ties into vwap too so a lot of a lot of one of my strategies is a vwap rejection so you can see at the open it spikes up hits this purple line sells off bounces all the way back hits this purple line sells off so that's why i was hitting this 55 area not only is it a purple is this the uh you know, I forget what I even called it, but uh, BWAP, but um, it's also a resistance line because as you can see from pre-market, see this support line holding this? Mm-hmm. So as soon as that breaks, when it comes back to that line, the opposite along support is going to have to turn in res- resistance. So not only, this is how you combine and make a trade plan. Not only is it hitting this purple line, that's one, not only is it is support turning into resistance that's two but three people are already bad thirty dollars a share so every pop is going to get sold into that's like that's the highest probability setup you can ever take when you get at least three at least two to three confirmations you better take that trade and if you take the loss you just take it on the chin because nine times out of ten it'll happen Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that seems like it's like the, all the convergence of everything you're looking for in one. Yeah. That's when it, that hammer. When everything comes into play. Oh, and one last thing. So people will always ask me about reversals. So this is how I knew that AMC was going to reverse. I always preach volume. Okay. So you want to look for, if, you, if you're looking at this chart, you see down here, all this huge volume candle and then followed by a huge volume candle, almost the same as pre-market chances are that's aggressive buying. So that would be slapping the ass for those that just learned that term. (laughs) So, and then as you can see, people are selling on the pop where I shorted because of that line that we talked about previously. So I wouldn't have taken this dip by here, but I want to show you. So see all the volume dying. This is why I was holding this in this downtrend because when the volume is half of what it was, that's telling you demand is dead and no one's interested in buying this yet. That's why volume is so important in the number one indicator. Cause you can see here, see the volume on this spike to start that reversal compared to here. No one is interested in this stock at this level. I'm holding this position. Then right here, as the volume starts to pick up, you can start to see it tried to bounce. So when vol- what I always say is when high volume comes in, if there's no continuation, it's often a chance or a sign of reversal. So when you see this volume coming in, if this starts to bounce, you probably want to cover some. But see how it never, when it made a new low and it never made a new high to break that, the highest point right here. So that that is a continuation to go lower, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Now this is where you can tell instantly. See how this volume is, is just as high as that previous bounce? Mm-hmm. See, it's it's two, three, four times the uh, volume of the previous of this downtrend. So as you can see, this is consolidating in this level right here. 
it can't break below, it can't break above. So as soon as you see this start to go sideways and consolidate, if it doesn't make a new low and it breaks above that previous high right here, right here, mm -hmm. you could enter on this candle risking just below this low a day. So if it's, if the line's at, you know, the bottom's 37.66, you still want to give it some wiggle room. So maybe, you know, 50, 30 to 50 cents below that would be your stop loss. But if you buy on this, this higher high right here, breaking this resistance, you could hold this and look to either, you know, sell. This is a pretty big re <clears throat> resistance right here. So you could look to sell either at that line or into this purple line as well. And I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. But yeah, yeah so I think you, it, it's kind of interesting, Jester, because you doing all this charting in front of us right now, it kind of, it all makes sense. Yeah. Like a lot and that's of what I was hoping for. Well, yeah, a lot of this is, it's, I mean, it's human psychology, you know, it's all market sentiment and when yes. people are willing to buy when they're cutting losses. And this is just basically a visualization of all of those orders and sells on, on a chart. Yeah. So and that's like you explaining it. It makes it so much clearer than whenever you're just trying to find random entries and exits based <laughs> on tweets and, you know, dips. Yeah. So that was I, that was my goal. Thank thank you for saying that because that was my goal on on when I asked you if I could share my screen because I'm, I'm me myself I'm a visual learner not I don't learn from just hearing so I was hoping that if I showed you it would start to tie all the pieces together so as you can see just ending on this trade if you were buying this you're you're risking under three dollars and it went all the way I mean that's like a you know, that's $25. Obviously, I would never hold that long, but you're risking $3 to make 25. And that's how you're, that's how you become profitable. Because even if you're, if you're losing more than you're winning, if your risk management is in place at three, three to one trades, four to one, 10 to one, those, that one trade of 10 to one is going to offset your nine losses. Mm. So yeah, you it's can all about, all about risk reward, right? Yeah. So as you can see, I was talking, you know, we were looking for that other VWAP rejection, but this time, see how it didn't sell off as hard as the previous? See how this big one? Now, as it comes to here, it starts slowly consolidating and you can see what I talked about before, higher, low, higher, high, higher, low, higher, high, higher, low. See how it's holding this 48 area? So as soon as this, and then look, this is a breakout. So this resistance level, Look at this candle volume compared to the rest. Right, there were no sellers in this market right now at this area. So as soon as you break through BWAP, now this is telling you, like, as I said at the beginning, you know, people look to long over this, this, the, you know, long over this purple line, short below. So now you're, you're testing this resistance line again, above VWAP this time with more momentum. So chances are that it's been touched, you know, two times when it rejects here, you know, obviously it's going to reject the first time because it's a fresh resistance line, but see how it kind of holds that level. It doesn't slot. It doesn't sell off. It's holding this higher high compared to these or higher low, sorry, compared to this, it's still a higher low. So as the, as the volume consolidates, you know, here's another resistance, a breakout, look at the volume pick up again. So that's what you want to see on these breakouts, these, triple volume, multiple million dollar, million volume candles on the one minute time frame.
And just to show you real quick how, how powerful, and we might have to end it here, but <laughs> just to show you how powerful this is. See this? Do I have an arrow? Resistance. See that? It, it acted as resistance. It acted as resistance. Now that it's above it, see how it acts as support right here? Uh -huh. So right. now it switches to support, but it but it can't break higher. There's, no, there's just no more buyers. So see, on the opposite side of a bearish sentiment, this is a lower high compared. So off this support level, it can't make a new high and it's making a lower high. So now when we break that support line again, look what happens. Turns into resistance again. Interesting. So I think a lot of people just need to focus. If they watch this over and over and you see where to draw the line and notice, you know, whether it's going to play a support or resistance. And now watch this. We go into the next day. Look at the high of day. Hits that line almost to, I mean, what? within a dollar and sells off. And that's what I, I may have been shorting that too, but, <laughs> on the but uh, so you can see if we expand this out. Oh, and another thing, um, if you're drawing, if you're just learning support and resistance, I wouldn't draw it on a one minute time frame because there's too much noise. If you're, if you switch to a five, it's a lot clearer. So if you're looking at this, Just, just looking at this, where I drew those areas, resistance, support, resistance. So as long as this price is below this, this is going to act as a resistance line. Look at the high a day, 24 hours later. I mean, literally to a T. You can't get any, you can't get any better than that. I, I, like, I don't know what else to say. If, if people aren't putting this together, then you need to rewatch this video eight times. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even plan for this to happen, to be honest, but I'm glad it did. It's amazing. And then you can see, like, I mean, even from yesterday, they still, this is why lines are so important. Like, this yesterday was resistance. This yesterday was support. If you're above it, it's going to hold a support, makes a higher low, can't break that new high. It's going to drop below it, act as resistance, go lower. Where's it go? The next support from yesterday's support. It just keeps dropping from support to support to support. So if you combine the chart history with volume coming in, like just another example, if, if people still aren't getting it, if you're looking at this, see this support from, this was three, oh, it's Aerith, three days ago. It couldn't break below this level and made a massive high. So as we come down the next day, I mean, look at this. So you have, you have yesterday's support level. You have massive buying volume come in. You have yesterday's support line. You have massive buying volume coming in just as high as the first opening bell candle. There, that's two for two, confirmation volume, support, and demand, and interest, all telling you to buy right here. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that's just, I'm not making that up. So you could, you could say, you know, I, in hindsight, 2020, I said, yeah, this would be a great dip buy, but I just showed you why three, three confirmations, why that actually would have worked. Right, to all yeah. the haters they out there. Things are looking for. 
did you say? And the volume came in. It is kind of funny. Like, yeah, you're you're presenting the, your case of like, you know, looking for the support and the resistance as well as where volume begins to build up. And, you know, it's like you're, impl- you're basically showing how your thought strategy when it comes to technical trading is actually uh, applicable in a real chart and how those convergent factors yeah. in what you call, you know, whether it goes up or whether it goes down. Exactly. It's all, it's all about, like I said, and like he talked about market sentiment, you want to look for where the volume comes in volume. This is the last thing I'll say. Then, then we got to head out. Cause this is probably getting super long, but <laughs> over so we're, we're all learning Jester. Hey, I, I, I hope, I hope your uh, followers watch this and appreciate this because yeah, we're yeah, spending I mean, a lot of time doing Selfishly, this. I love this. Having your time to really just teach us. <laughs> well, it's funny jester i was saying people shouldn't sell courses at the beginning now i'm starting to think that you should start selling courses <laughs> you know the funny thing is you're the 10th person to tell me that and it's like if, if if people keep saying this i mean might as well make some passive income right on the side but now but, but uh so this is why this is another reason volume so important this this stock I won't mention their name because I don't know if they want clout yet, but someone, some random person on Twitter DM'd me this at, f- at five in the morning this day at, at 4.30 or three, what was it at? Yeah, in the 4.30s or the 3.30s. He said- I got watch- DM'd about this too. Oh, so you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, so this is, I mean, that first off, props to that dude because this is an amazing call if you can call a four three thirty to a seven sixty i mean that's i know i didn't enter it either i wish i would have but but it's 2020 yeah exactly and this is what i wanted to show you from this lesson though you can see this is why volume is so important i could i could have rode this long and short actually looking back i didn't see this dm until this day was over but look at this right here on this volume this volume is i mean four four times look, look at the market open it traded sixty thousand on the opening bell and now we're getting almost into a million a minute so people are starting to get interested in this stock okay so this is this is irrelevant we'll save time but this is what i wanted to show you this right here This candle, this is known as, I wish the volume was, there we go. Sorry, I should have did that way earlier. But you see how this volume, this is the highest volume bar of the day. And you can see it hit a new high from the previous candle and stuffed right back down. So anyone, it's the same as AMC. Anyone buying at 764 in four minutes is down a dollar a share. Okay. So, so my point is, which goes back to sentiment, market sentiment. If you're buying up here and you blink and you're down a dollar a share, what do you think is going to happen? You're waiting for the next pop to try to make some of your money back. So you tie in this confirmation, which is also a reversal candle. If you want to Google that, who's ever watching, this is a reversal candle. It's a highest volume bar of the day. People are bagged a dollar a share. So the next pop is going to get sold into to try to make their money back. So looking at the long-term trend, you have this high that got stuffed. 
you have a lower high being formed that can't break this high. You drop back down instantly back down to the 650s. And now look at the volume. Much See lower. this? See this right here? Mm -hmm. You know what that tells me? No one is interested in this anymore. Anyone sure. buying at the top got bagged. So when you see a drop off of a dollar a share, you see the highest volume bar of the day with a reversal candle, a lower high, an instant drop back, and volume consolidating at the lows, where do you think it's headed? That's when you start shorting it. Yeah. So, so I would have shorted exactly at this circle. Actually, I would have shorted right here, this circle. Mm -hmm. I would have been scaling. So like I said, this goes back to scaling. And, and sorry to this dude if I'm offending him for shorting his play, but I'm just – this is just for technical. I didn't I, short I think play he made yet. plenty of money on it. I think yeah. it <laughs> But um, so, so what you could do is – oh, and one, one thing a lot of traders do wrong. They, they're buying on the way up when they should, like we talked about, be setting those orders at the support levels. Because what happens is when you're buying and chasing it like this right here, if you're chasing this on the way up and something were to stuff like that, you're instantly, your risk to reward is going to be instantly skewed. If you're buying at these support levels right here, anticipating the move, you're already going to have your stop loss right below this support level. So you can be buying in here with a tight risk compared to if you're buying here, you have nothing to risk off of unless you want to drop it all the way back down here. So, so that's why, um, that's why where scaling comes into play. So yeah, if you're going to, that's why they say don't chase runners, right? Yeah. So, so you want to be buying at support and selling on the strength, selling into strength, not chasing it. So as you can see here, um, your risk, you know, as, as you, if you're, if you're, we'll take it from a short position, cause that's what I know how to read. If you're, if you're seeing this lower high and this sell-off and this volume dead, you could take this short. Yeah, I know it's, it's a dollar. A, you know, the high a day is a dollar. But you could, what you could do is you could be scaling into it. So 30% short here. Then on the pop, you could do 30% again, risking high of day. So you're not going full size here and instantly being in the red. Right. So you could, you could be scaling here, here. Then once it confirms and the volume's dead, you can add your last position here. So 33, 33, 33, risking high of day or above this high. Because if you would be taking it here, you know, if you, if you went full size right here chasing this weakness and it popped a dollar, it'd be the same. You'd be trapped and you'd, you'd see that your P&L and your, your mind would tell you I have to stop out when the long-term trend is obviously headed down. Mm -hmm. So people need to combine short-term price action, but still have in mind the long-term trend. Interesting. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great, great tip and a good way to end the, the show. Yep. Esther, you really, I mean, I learned so much. This was invaluable. To me. I feel like this, <laughs> of course, I could have been sold. I feel like I, just the way you explained the resistances, the support, how to analyze volume, and know where there's the fake outs, um, like why people are, you know, they're trying to sell the pops, things like that. Like those are all really useful tips. And I think anyone who watches this will benefit and have a much better idea of how to trade, especially in the short term. Um, yeah, Jester. I mean, this was the longest show we've done by far and it was completely 
worth it. I mean, we could have talked. We could have talked for three hours. Yeah, I, I feel guilty taking up your time and listening to this because no, the amount of I'm going to download Thinkorswim today. <laughs> what What do you guys use? If you don't mind me asking, I don't even do charting right now. I use oh. trade when I trade. Wait, what do you use? I use E-Trade. Okay, yeah. So oh, I oh, I use Schwab. Yeah, I use Schwab. Okay, so I before I switched to Cobro. I was using E-Trade, but I was still charting with Thinkorswim. Mm-hmm. Got you. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end it there. And I hope, I hope everyone can get something from this. And if, I mean, like, like you guys said, we could talk for hours. So if you guys, if you guys start to pick up some, you know, momentum and later on in six months or something, you guys want to come back on for another lesson and I'll hop on. I'm fine yeah. with that too. If the, if that's what the people, you got to give the people what they want, right? exactly yeah well again jester thanks for coming on thanks for sharing your knowledge i hope you have a great rest of your weekend um and i think everyone will be excited to see what you showed us today yeah thanks for having me and i hope you guys have a good weekend too and take care thanks so much jester